Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's up, weirdos? This is a uh, this is a fantastic episode. I know I love all the episodes, but this this one's great. Hannibal, Hannibal Burris is here, or as I call him, Handel, for no reason except that it kind of sounds like Hannibal. Hannibal get handles. I I don't I don't yell that, but I should have yelled that during the episode. Uh, guys, a couple uh, housekeeping things up top. Uh, go to facebook.com backslash you made it weird and uh, put your favorite bits of dialogue. You can just type them. From the, from the episode, if there's an exchange that you love in this episode, uh, put it on our Facebook wall. Illustrate it. If, if you're nasty, are you nasty? Then illustrate it. If you want to draw it, it doesn't have to be a good drawing, but that's super fun. This is, this is two, twofold. One, I, uh, often don't remember the moments that people are talking about. So I love to hear what, what's making people laugh and what people are enjoying. And, and it makes me remember and that I love. And two, we're going to send, uh, random stuff. To people, we're going to pick some favorites, and we're going to get in touch, and we will mail you stuff, which is the next thing, actually. It could be T-shirts. I think we're going to make some T-shirts. So, again, go to Facebook.com, back, uh, not backslash. Ooh, somebody keeps tweeting at me not to say backslash. Facebook.com slash. There you go. You made it weird. It's just a regular slash. Uh, and uh, And what was I saying? T-shirts. Okay, I'm going to put some T-shirt ideas on there. Vote on those, and we're going to make those. Then you can buy them, or you could win them by posting stuff on the wall. Who cares? Who cares? Email uh, the show, weird at nerdist.com. I'm doing my best to get back to everybody. And let's play the crispy song while I do some tour dates. Uh, let's see. That already happened. That'll already have happened. No, that happens this week. I'm at Madison. Uh, if you're listening to this when it came out, March 1 through 3, I'm in uh, Madison at the Comedy Club on State. March 13th, uh, the first You Made It Weird live in Austin for South by Southwest. I'll be there through the 16th. April uh, 7th, we have a You Made It Weird live. New York City at the Gramercy Theater. We got Michael Ian Black, Jim Gaffigan, uh, Matt McCarthy. It's going to be a fantastic show. April 12th through 15th, I'll be in Portland for Bridgetown. May 10th through 13th, Laughing Skull Atlanta. May 17th through 19th, Salt Lake City for Wise Guys. May 31st through June 2nd, Comedy Attic in Atlanta. Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly.com backslash weird for your two, uh, your free two-week trial. They got all the hits. Akari Warriors, uh, Dance Dance Revolution. They have um, Track and Field. They have Duck Hunt Extreme. They have uh, Weapons Nut. Weapons Nut is just a game that you get to scroll through weapons. You, you don't use them. You just scroll through them. They have uh, Batman, Arkham City Asylum, Modern Warfare 2. They have all the games for all the systems. Xbox 360, Xbox 720, uh, PlayStation 1 through 3. They have uh, Turbo Graphics games. They have all the games, guys. So get there, get bonk, and play it. Gamefly.com backslash weird. Help out the show. Support our sponsor. Thanks for listening. Keep it crispy. Fuck you forever, you son of a bitch. Let's do this. Oh, there I am. I am. I'm here to know. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, what were we... Oh, I didn't know if I was uh, bothering you by asking you to do it. Nah. Nah, you wouldn't be bothering me. Sometimes when it's somebody... Like, I'll go to Chicago, and it's like some young... Oh, it's no. like, oh, no, man. Oh, Like no. a weird... Not, not a weird, but like a... Yeah. When it's just like... It's a, what is it? <laughs> and I hate to be that guy. Yeah. Oh. But it's like, what? 
Yeah. It can go two ways, though. If you ever get the the request where someone's like, this many people listen and this many down. And like if they tell you all the facts, yeah. you're kind of like, well, now you're trying too hard. Yeah. And it feels awkward. Oh, what is happening here? I don't know. This is the third. This is who the third mic is for. Oh no! Is this needed? Uh, that happens. So respectful. <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit, man! <laughs> no one's ever come through. What is that? Your business cards. I don't don't leave those outside the car. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. It's fun to yell like Seinfeld. I think if we've learned like anything from doing this show, I love that we're both having a drink. It's five o'clock. It's five. I normally do these at like one p.m. I had a I had a lunch yesterday, and uh, what I say? Uh, that sounds horrible. What? I had, I had a lunch. Oh, you mean like a lunch <laughs> meeting? <laughs> Is that what you mean? No, I mean, I, it's I, becoming. I, you're becoming an LA person. Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> I, see, I, had, I, I had lunch with my manager yesterday, and then uh, you had a lunch. Uh, Own it. No, because he, and so they they came around and said, "What? This is at one o'clock." Yeah. He said, like, what do you want to drink? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a nice place, and I, I, was, I was panicking, and so I just went into my rhythm. I was like, Jameson and Ginger Ale. <laughs> <laughs> At one o'clock. You did it. Yeah. I one time had a lunch meeting. I had a lunch with uh, <laughs> two of my agents, and I was writing on Outsource at the time, and yeah. it was towards the end. And it was a lunch meeting. It was always like 11.30. And we went to a sushi place. And I was just like, guys, we're on episode like 20, 21. Yeah. I was like, I'm drinking. And I drank. In the, and they were like, at the job that they got me. Yeah. They understood. It yeah. was a little bit of, a little sake. Never yeah. hurt anybody. Yeah, have it. Here we are. This is important. That yeah. job was important to me. And this podcast is important. And I'm having one drink. It's a yeah. lovely thing. It's fine. Are you a big booze? Oh, by the way, this is Hannibal. I pointed to you. It's a podcast. It's you know, it's the same way. If you're on the phone, sometimes you make hand gestures. Yes, it's just how people talk. It's one of my. I actually have a bit. I only think I did it once, but a friend of mine, uh, Aaron, Earn, I call him. I, I had this bit where I was like, I love when people use hand gestures when they're on the phone. So it's yeah, funny that you had that observation where it's like, find it, Carol, dig, and the yeah. guy digs in the air yeah. <laughs> like he's frantic because that's one of the first things. One of my earliest bits was about how you'd mime writing a phone number down. Yeah, yeah, pretending to write it down. <laughs> yeah. You do that. Want to tell like a, like somebody you you have no intention of calling back? You're like yeah yeah nine one seven. But sometimes I even go over to the paper and yeah. I'm still <laughs> I'm still mind writing <laughs> just in case they're so good at listening. Hey, hey your voice? What's up with your voice? Yeah, you don't Are, sound like you're writing. It does help. It helped me get into the mood of this is Hannibal. Yeah, I did it again. I don't care. This is Hannibal Burris. I call you Handle for some reason. I don't know where'd that come from. I don't know. And you never stopped me, so I was like, I think I got the green light. It wasn't annoying. Yeah, Handle. It's Handle, all right. You get a lot of name stuff. Why not, Why not? like, Handle's Messiah, I think is what it is. That's yeah. the last name? Handle, no, Handle That's wrote. my nickname? Did you ever tell me that part? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just made it annoying. Yeah, I've been thinking it's apostrophe as Messiah. So this is this is a lot of fun, man. Uh, I've been wanting to have you on the show. We just did this, we, you did the show last night here yeah. at Meltdown crushed it man thank you first thing that i wanted to talk about we talk about comedy a lot and i want to get weird in different ways but like you're you're changing your cadence a lot we talked <laughs> about that just like i am right now yeah. you were yelling and flipping out 
And it's so jarring. Like back in the Kick a Pigeon day, yeah. like early Hannibal, it was so – like the thing was that it was like just kind of like this low rumble. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Very cool. And now you've, you've lured us all into your home with that cool rumble and now you're freaking out a little bit yeah. and everybody loses their minds. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. It's, I, I just think it's for just performing more and learning. Yeah. I mean, I I remember somebody telling me over forty five minutes. I, I guess it, I used to not really change that much mm-hmm. in tone, and it's just for some bits you have to. That was part of the, that was part of the joke was that yeah. it's like this guy's talking about something that's clearly important to him, but it's yeah. the same tone that you use when you're talking about flicking pickle juice. Yeah. And now you're yelling though, and I watched the crowd almost cheering you on to kind of like, let's see a, let's see every side of Hannibal. You know what I mean? But this is actually the first weird thing is you're a quiet dude. Yeah. You're like off a, stage, yeah. You're an inside dude. Yeah. You're up here pointing to my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is already the worst. I'm, I'm pointing. I'm pantomiming. Let's just do the rest of the episode in sign language. This is the stupidest thing. But you're, you're up – like the times that we've been together at festivals or mm-hmm. hanging out socially and stuff, I've just noticed it's like – you you must be thinking a lot. This is why it's called You Made It Weird. This yeah. is a weird thing. Yeah. I don't expect you to have like some, <laughs> oh, I've been asked this before. But I'm I'm expecting, I'm wondering, what are you doing up there? What's happening? I'm usually, uh, yeah, I'm watching people a lot. With what kind of taste in your mouth? Do you hate people? <laughs> no, I'm just watching people. I probably, I mean, in, in certain situations, if people don't know me, I probably look really creepy because I'm watching people. Like, okay, that person touched their head like that. What does that mean about what they're saying to that person? <laughs> like looking at people's body languages. Or yeah. Like, I'm doing that a lot. And then I'm also, I, just, I don't know, thinking about jokes. Really? Thinking about stuff that I've done in the past is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Having flashbacks? <laughs> All types of stuff. A girl moves her arm, and that reminds you of a time that a girl moved your arm, and you're like, I don't think that girl wanted me to kiss her, but yeah. man, I just I was all over her. That just horrible flashbacks? But that's overthinking stuff. Like, well, that's, that's what it is. Over, uh, sometimes you ever go into a place where you know 20 people, and then you're like, who's... Whose hand should I shake first? Yes, ma'am. But then what if I go up to this person and then somebody that I wanted to talk to, they leave before I get to talk to them? Would yes. they think that I shunned them? Right. <laughs> but, but, but a lot of people in that situation, will. what I do is I feel the same way as you, and I overcompensate. Yeah, yeah. You play it cool, and you walk in, and maybe you look creepy because you're just standing there like a statue and just being cool. And I'm like, hey, whose hand do I shake first? Am I right? I've known Timmy the longest, but Tom is close here. And I talk. And I talk and I talk. I did that last night at the show. A girl uh, came off stage and she had just gone on and I didn't watch her set. You know, yeah. I was backstage and everyone was telling her how good her set was. And yeah. I'm sitting there quiet Hannibal style. Yeah. I'm just observing. Yeah. And then I get all panicky and I go, oh, I'm not withholding a comment. I didn't see your set. <laughs> he said that. I said that. <laughs> I was like, I, and she said, I don't care. And I was like, I'm always putting my guess on what they might be thinking on them and then responding to it yeah. as if it is what they think. Yeah. But you're playing it a little bit more cool. You're, you're playing yeah. a little bit slower. Yeah. Uh, not, not like slower intellectually. Clearly, you're moving just as fast and going crazy. Yeah. But you say less things. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's the weird podcast. I don't want to know where you grew up. I know where you grew up. Yeah, I don't want to know how you started comedy. I want to know what it's like to always be thinking. That's 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 what's interesting. Something that comes up is like uh, sexually. That often it comes up as a problem when people like if you're like thinking about like 
Like if I'm having sex with somebody, yeah. and they move in a certain way, right. or their or their hair, I'm like, what does that mean? Does, does she want me? <laughs> what does that mean? And like, I can't just be like a person that's like, oh, you want me to fucking spit in your ear? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people are doing, but like, she keeps uncovering the hair around her ear and going. <laughs> so I'm like, does that, does that mean you? And next thing I know, I'm just saying it. Do you want me to spit in your ear? And, and then the moment's ruined. So do you ever have that with relationships and stuff? Or does does the comedic brain interfere in any area? It does, dude. Because I find myself um, always, with a lot of situations, not being in the moment and wondering, yes. will this be a potential bit to this situation? Will this be a oh bit? Oh, my God. Will this be a bit? Will this be a bit? So you're kind of cursed. It is. I've heard it, I've heard it put that way. I've had times where I could chill out, but a lot of times, it's, it's, if anything remotely weird is happening, well, this book, will this become a bit? Right, this right. Shit, oh, this girl is crazy. This is going to be a bit. Right, right. <laughs> I'll pat people on the street, and I hear someone say something on a phone, and they're yelling, and I'm like, that's funny. Is it? Is Did it cross the line into funny for others? Is this yeah. just funny for me? Can Should I, I recreate this, this funny? Yeah. Like crazy people. Like the journals of the killer in Seven, just constantly writing everything down and just yeah. being like, I just saw this, or I saw a bird, and just crazy people yeah. and not able to shut it off. And I wonder if this ties back to the fact that we're both drinking right now <laughs> is because I'm like, how do you shut it off? People say that they think you're stoned, but you're not. I'm not, no. Not a stoned person. If I was stoned, when I smoke, I get super paranoid. Yes, in fact, I think, I, I hope I'm not outing you that yeah. we've smoked pot together once. Oh, at Bumbershoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and we both got paranoid. Yeah, yeah, on the party bus. <laughs> and then I got paranoid that I was making you paranoid. That's how I felt, because I kept being like, hey, like, I was like, maybe I'll fuck with him. And then I was like, oh, I think I fucked with him too much. And you were just real, real still. Real yeah. still. It was awful. Do you remember that? I do rem- I <laughs> remember. I remember. Yeah, it, I don't remember details. I do remember everybody there, but I just remember because I, I I used to smoke in high school and college, and I had a tolerance. But then once I got out of college, I wasn't smoking that much. Whenever I smoke now, is it's awful. Really, really bad paranoia. Really, really bad paranoia. There's an, a part of me that kind of enjoys paranoia if, if you have just a little bit of it. Yeah, I know that that might sound crazy. I don't know, but like. It's just interesting. I'm kind of like, ooh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried about uh, the neighbors or something. And then, I'm, but it gets real bad. What's it, it look is, like for you? For me, it's just me overthinking stuff in my past. No! <laughs> <laughs> overthinking dumb stuff that I said and creating crazy conspiracy theories about people trying to destroy me socially. <laughs> I get really <laughs> bad when I smoke. Trying to destroy you socially. Like I'm like, okay, they said that, but what did they really mean? And when I, when they did, they go say this to somebody That's when they set me funny, up. Man. It just, I guess, it gets upset. Just today, it? someone, uh, my fucking friend Brendan, texted me, and he's, I think he's trying to fuck with me. He knows I'm worried about something, yeah. and he texted me, and I'm 99 sure it's a joke. And then I, I, I'm, like, humorless on that. I'll begin being like, oh, this is the beginning of a global conspiracy to, to take me down. Yeah. Like, like a crazy person. <laughs> which, so I'm just telling you that I relate to that idea. So you're kind of that way anyway. But then even even in that moment, and while I'm having those thoughts, I'm able to be like, Hannah, are you being crazy? Even in the high moment, right. like, just like you're still being paranoid. But the the energy from the paranoia is, is, is stronger, even though I know that right. I'm being crazy. That is that you're under the influence of something. I'm under the influence, but I'm aware of it, but still unable to just totally chill out. Right. So, is does alcohol help you shut your brain off? 
I was just I was just confronting the fact that I was like I think I'm drinking too much, and I was like I think I need to take it easy. Yeah, it's because of look on my therapist's face, <laughs> you know, yeah. when we're talking about it. And I was like, oh, this isn't normal, but we're in this weird business where it's it's all around us yeah. constantly. If you have four or five drinks, you're the you're the slow runner. You're mm-hmm. the guy in the back. You yeah. know, you're surrounded by people that are just like going crazy and really going for yeah. it. And then I, what I was telling him was I was like, I'm trying to shut my head off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does booze help you do that? I think booze, I think it's more uh, almost rhythmic of just being in a club and it's free drinks or whatever. You get drink tickets and you just give me a drink. I'm around comedy. And right. have a drink. Especially if you have to wait an hour or so. You mean before the show? Before a show. If you have to wait to do a set an hour and you're like, okay, do I want to, should I go in a corner and write? Should I watch the show? I've seen enough comedy in my life. <laughs> Well, I can't watch the show, but I need to drink to watch this. <laughs> not that anybody's, but, no, but you know, no, some, I know. You know, some shows you're not in that mode. Some shows you you down to watch, and some shows you're saying, "Uh, yeah, I've sure." Seen thousands of shows. If I if I watch a show, it makes me really, really gearing to go. Yeah, like I, I it's not really pleasant for me. Like if something happens yeah. on stage, I, I'm thinking about how would I have handled that, yeah. you know, or what would I have said, or I'm I'm analyzing it. It's it, like there's a reason why musicians don't like listening to music, yeah, and comedians do, and com- and musicians listen to comedy because it's different. I, when I'm listening even to myself or someone else on stage, I'm kind of like oh, that laugh. I think he came in a little early. Yeah. I think he's I think he's rushing. He seems nervous. He's got to stop playing with the mic stand. What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, he should have closed with that. He can't follow that. There's, he doesn't have anything to follow that. Yeah, this is over. This guy sucks. Look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't stop. I can't enjoy it. My favorite thing is to come into a spot and be on stage within 10 or 15 minutes because your brain is fresh. Yeah. And you just get to go on and do stand instead of, <clears throat> like, if you had a show for two hours, you sitting in it for yeah. a while. That's why these colleges that are like show up an hour beforehand or whatever, I'm yeah. like, I'll be there 15 minutes beforehand. Like, and, and that 15 minutes is going to be excruciating. It's going to be excruciating for yeah. me and you. Like, yeah. It's going to be weird for both of us. We wanna, I was just saying that to Greg Fitzsimmons. We were agreeing you want to walk out of the car yeah. and walk on stage yeah. and get that momentum. Yeah, I hate that. People say, show up an hour before showtime. For what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, your eyes went black when you said that. You're like, fuck you. You were furious at that person you were imagining. An hour? Why? Yes. The hotel is across the street. We were just talking about... I'll be there at (laughs) 7.59. There are also people that say, uh, when you do local shows, this could go either way, that say, please stay the whole show. Have you ever got... Your face face said it all. I think you can tell by my reaction that Hannibal's not down for that. No, I mean, I stay sometimes, but I don't like to be told to stay. I end up staying because the drinks are there and I'm not going anywhere else. Right, right. So it's interesting to me uh, that we're different in the sense that I think I might be fucked up doing doing the show. I sometimes have to consider that. I'm drinking to shut my brain off, which is why I'm trying to take it off. It doesn't sound like you're, you're... being more normal about it, you're kind of like I'm here. Let's have a beer, yeah. Have a drink. I don't see you like getting fucked up all the time. I mean, we both. I get. I mean, it depends on the nights or, or where I'm at. in New York. I have some nights where I get smashed. Just really? New York is four in the morning. You what is what? a drunk Hannibal like? Drunk Hannibal is. <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask other people. But I, I, I can. It just gets awful, man. Yeah. It starts 
texting and call, doing awful shit, man. Just being out. <laughs> texting about. all these people that you know from the past with no, the regrets. No, not texting. Not texting with regrets, but texting just trying to <laughs> reignite shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Hannibal. Man, what were you gonna say before I interrupted you and asked what drunk Hannibal is like? You remember? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't. Now, see, we don't have to worry about that because this is like the bar and the drink, and we're just going with the vibe yeah. and the flow. There's no problem with that. But so, how do you shut your brain off if it's not? If you're, you can't always be that way. Nah. Well, you know, I was, uh, I was about to say about uh, when I come to LA, it's almost sort of like a cleanse for me because you can't drink as much in LA unless yep. you're just drinking at home. Right. Like, I'm not out till four. I'm going to bed at a decent time, waking up early to sunlight so it's a right i have a better lifestyle when i'm in la it is healthier out here yeah um, in new york i'll be out it's just i found myself staying out in places just because they're open i guess places open i have money they have drinks i'll get the money for these drinks until they stop <laughs> just being it's like, out it's like being in first class you're gonna keep having a drink yeah. until the plane lands and you're like this place continually offers me yeah. drinks I'll, i will stay Dude, I uh, I get upgraded a bunch, but I'm like now I sleep on a plane like just it's almost automatic. Really? And I I'm like I'm wasting this upgrade. I'm not even getting drunk. I'm just sleeping. And now I sleep, you can sleep the whole flight. I can sleep most flights, even if I had a full night's sleep. I get on a plane and go to sleep. Well, that was my next question. I was like, do you shut it off by going to sleep? Are you a big sleeper? That's interesting. No, I just sleep on the planes and then I sleep. I mean, every now and then I take a nap, but it's not. Uh, I don't. I, on the planes, it's funny. I, I'll fall asleep in the time between, like <laughs> the flight attendant asked me what I want to drink, and I say, "Give me orange juice." And then while she's making it, I fall asleep. Oh my god! <laughs> like that quick, sir. That's a gift, sir. That's a gift. <laughs> That's fantastic. While you were talking, I was also laughing at the phrase "trying to ignite some shit." <laughs> Reignite some shit. You. Uh, this comes up on the show a lot, and th- you. You. Uh, you're you're okay with being a fuck person. You enjoy meeting girls and stuff. Yeah. See, the weird person in this situation is more me. <laughs> I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> but I meet a lot of comedians that are kind of too in their head to mm-hmm. even try and uh, chat up females. Yeah. But you're you don't have that problem. No, Aren't, I mean, but why not? <laughs> it's not even a problem. It's 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 the comedy, man. That's I mean that's the ones that's the ones that I get. I, like as far as just going to a bar. You mean comedy? Oh, they like you because of your act. Yeah, my act or whatever I've done. Like that, right. that's where I'm getting the girls from. It's not me walking into a bar and like, hey, what's up? And just I think about this constantly. One side, you're like, you could meet a girl after a show, mm-hmm. but then what? If, what? What if you're like, this is somebody that I'm going to see all the time. You know what I mean? I'm going to see them at other shows, or they, or they produce this show, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's, you're like shitting in your kitchen. And then you're like, but or, or I could go to like some random bar and then walk up to people and be like, any chance you watch Basic Cable? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, nope. And then yeah. you're just like, I'll be out front crying in the rain. <laughs> so you don't seem that you're just kind of like this girl likes my comedy. I mean, it's, it's I worry about it sometimes. Like, can I get a girl without doing a show or something? I wonder about that. You haven't had a girlfriend that hadn't seen you perform? Or even a date, I mean, or a fuck. I've had, I've had, no, I've had a, uh, I've fucked girls that haven't seen me perform, but not that many. Ah, that is a full quote. That's a full <laughs> quote from this episode, and it was said so sincerely. I fuck some girls that haven't seen me perform, but not many. <laughs> <laughs> 
But where, where is the where is the separation of like you're Hannibal and you're you're noticing things? Just like I'm I'm Pete and I notice things and I'm thinking about you know uh, I put my sunglasses there and, and how you have your arms right now, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, constantly thinking. And then you're with a girl. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, this is a person you don't even know. And then you hear her laugh or something, and yeah. you're like, "Can I be with that laugh? Even if it's just, <laughs> even if it's just for tonight." She's like, <laughs> and you're like, "Ooh, I gotta moonwalk away from this right now. I can't yeah. deal with this right now." And that's just for the idea of the evening. But you seem to be able to say, uh, "Sex is something I want. Who cares? I'll deal with a weird laugh. I'll deal with a weird laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> But it's been sometimes where I've been it's been stuff that I, I wouldn't deal with with a girl. Where yeah. I just will bail, like, all right, you're crazy. <laughs> Do you remember? I, it was this girl uh in New York. And, I don't know why immediately I pictured you in a limousine. I don't know. This this story <laughs> takes place in a limousine until you say it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't take place in a limousine. Oh, it takes place on uh Avenue A. Okay. Turning into Essex. A- Avenue A in Houston. And so it was this girl that I've uh I've seen her a couple times that we hung out and uh and she knew that I, I made out with somebody that she knows or something. But she thinks I fucked the girl. I only made out with the girl. But she kept she it happened a while ago. She uh and so I'm like, you want to you wanna come back to my place? And she was saying something. Like, oh, well, let me preface this by saying she invited me She invited me out that night. She said, hey, I'm going to be here. Uh-huh. Uh, come hang out. And I said, okay, cool. But then we, we were about to leave, and she's saying, well, you, you, uh. I, I said, you want to come back with me? She said, well, you, you, you fuck my friend. It's like, wait, <laughs> even if you thought I did, then why would you invite me out? Why would you invite me out to be like, oh, you fuck my friend? Like, I wasn't even thinking about you tonight, and you invited me out, and now you're saying, you're saying this shit to me. I was like, all right, I'll see you later, and I hopped in a cab to Brooklyn. So, not, even, not even a cab close. Away. <laughs> a long way. A bridge away. As soon as she said, I was like, all right, you have a good one. Peace out. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's so, it was so upsetting to me. Not upsetting, but more the logic behind it. Right. To invite somebody out and then say, oh, you fuck my friend. <laughs> that voice is hilarious. Hey, man. <laughs> you bo- Why would you? <laughs> and so... That, that that's been times where I won't tolerate some nonsense from. Yeah, yeah, that's. I fantastic. tolerate some stuff, but it, when it gets really goofy, I, I say no. You know what? Right, not, you're not worth it. Right. Here's a weird one. Uh, we don't have to get into specifics, but one of the things I was thinking about you when you moved to New York, didn't you live with uh, your girlfriend? Didn't yeah. You like move in with somebody? Yeah. Here, I'm going to make it weird for me first. Okay. And then you see how weird you want to get. But I've seen in my life, mm-hmm. in my marriage first, and then in a couple relationships, sometimes men will use, and I don't mean in a bad way, mm-hmm. but need a woman to bridge difficult times in their lives. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not putting that on you. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. When I was moving from Chicago to New York, uh-huh. I couldn't have done it without my wife. Men are like, oh, we're strong and we're, and we're independent. And we're like, uh, you know, uh, adventurous or whatever, but also simultaneously like weak. And I was like, please, please help me. Please help me get to New York. And she did. Like I needed that comfort and that guidance and that support and that stability. Yeah. So I look back now and I'm like, oh, I kind of used my ex-wife to move to New York. I like kind of climbed on her back yeah. and took that comfort. And then I did it, I, you know, similarly when I moved 
uh, to L.A., I had a girlfriend out here, and she was hugely helpful. Yeah. And, like, I wonder, is that something that you've experienced, that kind of artistic sort of, like, a woman enabling us to do these scary things, being moving from Chicago to New York? I think the second time, when I did move to New York in 08, definitely. She, like, looking back, she definitely helped me. Right. Uh get my life together in new york because we're well let me i don't want to speak for you but like kind of flaky weird creative people bad with planning mm -hmm. not a t type a person and just kind of like help like, <laughs> like, please help me because initially it was just i was staying there i was gonna stay there while i got my money together and found a spot but i just ended up right living there we split in the writ at some point but yeah right and stayed it was a year and a half living there yeah Domestic life was nice, man. I love that bit, man. <laughs> I love. I think of that bit all the fucking time. Where you set your girlfriend says, uh, "How would you feel if I was out till three in the morning?" Because she yeah. was mad at you for coming home at three yeah. in the morning, and you say, "I would say I would stay home, play Xbox, and celebrate your absence." Yeah, that's the fucking funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> the first time I heard you do that. I like ran. I had to do a lap. It yeah. was so funny. The fucking funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but also, she was she was totally right. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck am I doing out to a three? <laughs> yeah, that is fucking poetic. That is amazing. We're talking about this bit, and it's so funny. And the comedy was served, and then quietly you just admit she was. She, she was right. right. I had this girl that loves me that made me food. Oh, God. And is this the bridge girl? The girl that was there for you when yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's that girl too. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that I guess uh, that bit. Uh, sometimes I, I worry about like sacrificing things for comedy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you have that bit. Mm -hmm. The bit is you know outlasted the relationship almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, sometimes I've said this on the show before. There's like the altar, and you sacrifice these things, and like the comedy thrives off the blood of these losses. Yeah, it's it's a it's a few bits that I worry about with people, but I'm like it's a solid bit, <laughs> so I'm keeping it because I do a bit. Where I talk about uh, how the weirdest people in my life talks to me about my weight, like my grandmother. And Hannibal, you gaining weight. What does this mean, Grandma? We can't fuck anymore. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me about my weight? You're my grandmother. <laughs> Hannibal, you gaining weight. Your titties are really sagging, Grandma. Why are we talking about each other's bodies right now? I don't know what your motivation was, but I was just being defensive. So that's in my oh special. My so I'm like, I'm like, man, my grandma might see this, oh. but it's such a good bit. She yes. Gonna have to, she gonna have to just, uh, she's going to have to understand. She's going to understand and enjoy the. She's going to have to understand something that's ununderstandable. <laughs> that's ununderstandable. Especially, I don't know how old she is, but she's a grandma. She's, she's a grandmother. She's got to be up there. And now you're like, yeah, this is a comedy special that's on television. And I have these fans. And I talked about it on a podcast. Pod, what? Help me. Just lost and scared. Uh, Can't understand. So, yes, it is times. But usually if the joke is really, unless it's something super horrible, I, I end up going with the joke. Yeah. Isn't that fucking <laughs> weird? That's now going in. Are you seeing somebody now? No. Well, if, I, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you drunk and see who you text. That's what we have to do. Get him seven more beers and then we'll see who you text. Well, going in, do they know comedy is like a thing, like a huge thing in your life where you kind of like, 
hey, if something awkward or embarrassing happens to you, I might want to use it for a bit. Or if we have a fight, you mean, you I mean, might... uh, girls or fam- yeah. Let's say you let's say you wanted. I, I, we don't have to identify what you're in now, but let's say you realize you do really like this person. Yeah, is it important for you? It sounds like it is that they understand that an argument like the three a.m. thing mm-hmm. might turn into a bit that's on your album. Well, I mean, for now, I haven't <clears throat> had anything serious in a couple of years, so. If they do anything crazy, I'll, I'll talk with, about it without any worries. Because it's just kind of a casual thing. Yeah, it's not like some. It's not committed. somebody that I have to deal with. Dude, uh, <laughs> this one girl um, hit me up on Facebook. It was this girl I never hooked up with. We, like, we made out in a city, and then I hit her up when I was in San Fran to say Let, let's hook up, and she she it didn't work out, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then so she, I and this I, she hit me up on Facebook one night, uh, and I and she's like, hey, and I just said, beat it. And uh, <laughs> did she, you literally say? Beat I it? said, beat it. When I should have just ignored it, but it's just fun to tell somebody to beat it, right? I'm not. <laughs> maybe 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 in, maybe in three years I'll be mature enough to ignore it. Right, but, but for now, but at 28, I say, beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Use the beat it. You got the, only get so many opportunities. So many opportunities. Scram, <laughs> scram. And so she was saying, um, she said, uh, "You, uh, I'm sorry that uh, you know. I, I'm sorry that you, my uh, my text might have came off the wrong way because we were texting back and forth. She might have said something foul. I don't remember. But I and then I just said, hey, you know, I just don't want to deal with you right now. Have a good night. That's what I just said." And that was in November. So I get on the computer last week. I log on Facebook and I get this message like, fuck you, you fucking fag. You fucking fag. I'd never blow you. <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, drunk this early. <laughs> and she was just like, you, you, you're not even that fucking funny. She just went on this crazy rant. It was insane. And I was, and I was playing it low key because. Because I'm Hannibal. Because that, that, I mean, even in typing, but the, the reason I was playing it low key, like, I wouldn't say anything too crazy because she could screen cap it and then I look like a crazy. So I was just saying, like, stuff, like, low key lines. Yeah. Just baiting her to say more crazy shit because I'm going to read this on stage eventually. Ah, God. Oh, my so God. I have to make myself look great. She was insane, dude. Like Eric Andre's closer, you know, those texts back and yeah, forth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking go. Keep going. But it was the craziest. She said, I'm just, not, I'm not some dumb nigger, bitch. Whoa. And, I, and then she said, I meant nigger meaning niggardly. <laughs> like, as in ignorant. Like, that's not the way it's used. She was just so insane. She said, I'm, I'm, start, I'm starting back doing comedy. Because I guess she quit doing comedy for five <laughs> For five years, and she's like, "I just don't want any beef." Like, what? You just you sent me all this angry shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you <laughs> you're horrible. You're probably a horrible comedian for one. Wait, so she was black? No. What? It's crazy, crazy white girl. But was she referring to herself? Was she saying, "I'm not"? Who knows? And then was she was doing. like, "I mean, niggardly." I don't know what her. <laughs> It's very crazy. You need to be doing this on stage. I, no, I, I read it once in Chicago. I, re- I just read the conversation. And, oh, uh, did it work? It worked really well. She's, she's insane. And here's what's crazy is while it was happening, 
Yeah. It's almost like you left your body and watched it yeah. and were like, this is going to work on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw it happening. Yeah, and I was like, I was playing it to the point where I'm like, I can't, I, I'm not going to say anything. The, the worst thing I said, because she said she started to do comedy. Yes, <laughs> this is crazy, too. I, I said, uh, you will fail in all aspects of comedy. <laughs> because she, cause she will. She will. She's an insane lady. And she will. She will, man. <laughs> if that's her way about handling problems. Well, that's what's great is that there's a page and a half of yelling. Yeah. And then it almost like she realized that you're a comedian too and that she doesn't want any beef. I don't know what her issue was, but it was just so it made me think about the levels of crazy. Yeah. Cause I, I consider myself somewhat of a crazy person, but not, not, that. not, not on her not level. That. Not that type of crazy I've, I've admitted six times since we started that I'm, I feel crazy all the time. That's hilarious. I'm really interested in the idea that 10% of you is living it. Yeah. 90% is preparing to comment on yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> because it, it is, it's just, especially now when you start touring and doing you know and, and you go back to a city after you were there last year and those people are gonna come back and yeah. more people they bring their friends like i can't say the same stuff yeah so i'm constantly like man what am i what am i gonna talk oh about? you feel pressure i feel pressure to come up with new material isn't that weird back to a city we can't we started you know we, we started at the same time in chicago yeah and at that time it, the idea of putting together 15 minutes was great. just like oh my god imagine yeah imagine having 15 minutes and now we're living in a world that we created like we made this bed and it's, it's yeah. a nice bed but it, part of the bed is that you have to constantly be writing new stuff yeah like they I, I think they were kind of joking and asked if I wanted to go on. And I was like, yeah, I'll go on, like mm-hmm. last night. But then I'm like, I kind of only want to do Meltdown when I have a new set. Yeah. And then going back to the punchline, uh, February 3rd or 4th, this, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where I just did my album. My album was 90 minutes. I did. Uh, we edited it down. Yeah. But I did 90 minutes. And I'm like, well, I got to have a lot of new stuff. Or yeah. it's going to be like a lot of people being like, so long. Yeah. We loved you last time. How many times can we hear you do that joke? Yeah. That pressure. It's a lot of pressure, man. Also, as a headliner, you worry if people will come. That, too. It's a different... Because it, it, it's funny. I was talking about this with somebody about how to, you know, initially worry about becoming an MC or get, getting a gig as an MC, then featuring, becoming a good feature, then a headliner. Then you want to become a headliner that actually has people to come see them because yeah. that's a different thing it's a different thing <laughs> local headliner you like i and i used to borrow, bother me all the time and i'm not putting these people down but i just remember thinking that it must have been hard zany's vernon hills mm-hmm. you're headlining tuesday wednesday thursday jake johansson comes in friday and he's he's the headliner now mm-hmm. you know what i mean like local headliner guy lives in the neighborhood or whatever yeah. he's a friend of the club he's certainly a comedian but he's not a Jake Johansson headliner. He's yeah. the local headliner. Yeah. And again, I'm not putting that down, but that's always a consideration. You want to be a guy that comes to town and can, and uh, what you're striving for. Yeah. Sell tickets. Yeah, man. That's a weird pressure. It is. But the thing <clears throat> is, is that when you, when the people do start coming, it is, it's just, it's easier to do comedy, man. <laughs> one or two times in my life, I've done a show where they knew who I was. Yeah. My album wasn't one of them. They knew who I was, and they were coming to see me, and it's it's a hot knife through butter. You know, it's yeah. completely different <laughs> from every the hundreds and thousands of shows we've both done, yeah. where they don't know who the fuck you are, yeah, and don't care either way. 
if you do well. These people actually want you to do well. Yeah. Because you just said it. They brought friends, yeah. and now they're like, I want to take you to see this Hannibal guy. And then if you do badly, they look stupid. Yeah. They're invested. They're yeah. like, they own shares in your company now. So everyone's rooting for you. It's this amazing feeling where you can kind of open mic it. You can do new stuff if yeah. you want to. You can riff. They'll be so much more gracious. Here's what's interesting is a lot of comedians start by studying the greats. Mm-hmm. You'll watch like Louis special or something or they'll watch Bill Cosby special, which is what I did. Yeah. And you watch it. What you don't take into consideration is that everyone's there to see that person and already loves them. Yeah. So you can't go out and open the way that Seinfeld opens on his special. Mm-hmm. He, he, he gets huge laughs on his setup. Bill Cosby gets a huge laugh on a look. You know yeah. what I mean? And then we're like, well, I'll just go out and I'll make a funny face. And it's like, well, they don't give a fuck who you are yet. But you're, you're just starting to get that taste of touring and people coming out and being like, this guy. Yeah. And it makes it easy. It makes it fun. Er. Easier. Yeah. You still have to work and do it, but it's way, it's such a different. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, man. It's been. Do people yell out bits? You kind of you have that, you know, cult thing. People are connecting to not just your jokes, mm-hmm. but the way you talk. The way you are, the way that the room feels when you're on stage, it's like a Hannibal show. And I'm sure because of, uh, you've gotten the Mitch Hedberg thing before, yeah. but like, I, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying you're like Hedberg, but when I saw Hedberg, it was similar. Mm-hmm. It was like, we're, we're having a Hedberg evening and we're having a Hannibal evening. And they just want to kind of like, do what I'm getting at is, do people yell out requests or people not kind of. That often, but people will talk to me afterwards and say, I wish you would have did. You oh, really? You would have done pickle juice or you didn't do apple juice, like stuff like that. I love all your juice bits. <laughs> any, any of the juice bits are fancy. Do the juice bits. Every now and then somebody, yeah, but not that often. Do you like it? I mean, I like it that people connect with a bit and just remember it and, and, and pass it on to their friends. That's I what bet you if, want. You, like, know, you want people to repeat your stuff and right it feels good man That's well you want to get into their vernacular you know yeah. what i mean like you ever have a fan tell you that they're like we all say flick pickle juice for yeah. flavor we say that to each other yeah you know what i mean it's almost like you've infiltrated their lives in this intimate way yeah, people always tweet me stuff like this is a new use for pickle juice or just uh, all types of stuff or yeah. people are like what's your favorite type of a- type of apple juice <laughs> 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 people always send me tweets about apple juice right or, just different stuff. What is it? Is it, is it Mott's? No. Actually, Martinelli's is way better than Mott's. I don't know that brand. Martinelli's is a really good brand. And Mott's, I, I've hit them up. Well, I hit them up on Twitter, not officially. I said, hey, uh, y'all should sponsor me. I talked about you uh, in uh, my video, and I sent them the video, and they didn't. nobody ever responded. Fuck but you, Mott's, Mott's writes back to people, too. Really? Yeah, they say, oh, you enjoying Mott's? <laughs> so I know they say- <laughs> So I know they saw what I tweeted. Get that guy fired. Oh, you enjoy months? You enjoy months? Like, oh, I ain't going to make out with you. You made out with my friend. <laughs> yeah, I work at months. <laughs> it's the same woman. The same, same people. Yeah, you get Well, this this is another weird thing. This is the second weird thing I was going to ask you. Uh, we've covered that you're um, an internal person. Yeah. And the other thing is I'm I'm actually privileged. I feel privileged. When you were starting out, you weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> but who was? Who was, yes. But what's weird is you're so fucking good now. Yeah. And you have this kind of togetherness that this is what I mean by privilege. Yeah. That I got to see you when you were figuring it out. Yeah. Fucking cool, man. <laughs> Little Hannibal. At those like downtown shows. Do you remember these shows? Every once in a while, we would, we didn't really necessarily do all the same shows. No. 
starting in Chicago. And I actually remember this one. Uh, you had a lot of friends there, and I mean that there were, you could tell there were a lot of black people there. Yeah. And we were, oh, this, like, Hannibal's brought some friends. Like, yeah. Chicago's kind of a weird town like that, you know what I mean? It but, was uh, that place on Jefferson, right? Downtown? Yeah. By, they, like, a weird vacant parking lot and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember this? Uh, it was a uh, competition. It was a competition. As all the fucking... Talk about going to a show where they know you. That's the opposite <laughs> of a competition. Dance for it. Yeah. Oh, I was at the Improv recently, and they had two kids doing comedy for the line. So it was a line for like the comedies you show or something. Really? And they were like, these guys are going to do stand-up for the line. And the one of them that's the funniest is going to get to go up. What? And but they th- did it with like a PA, like a little handheld mic and a oh. little speaker. And I was like, probably what you're thinking is like, even if you win, then you go in, what material are you going to do? That's what I was do? thinking. They only have five minutes. These are new people. <laughs> and you're going to try and kill harder with the line because it's a competition. And then you go inside, you tell the same jokes again. Yeah. It's funnier indoors for some reason. Who won? I don't know, but I felt bad for the kid who won for that reason. I felt bad for the kid who lost because he's like, I, I ate shit outdoors today. So it was a competition. Yeah. We did a lot of competitions. Was it a Dave Odd show? It was a Dave Odd show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say shit. I, I was going to say it. competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just let you infer. It's a Dave Odd. Anybody in Chicago would know that's a Dave Odd thing. And, uh, and I remember you had that bit where you say um, – Manicured toes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that About bit, Nelly? Yeah. Yes, and I remember just watching you. Here's here's what the real weird thing is: is we were like, we probably were like, this Hannibal kid's not very good. We didn't like talk about it, but we didn't necessarily think you were very good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's supposed to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I remember Kumail emailed me and was like, "Fucking Hannibal, man!" And sent me a clip and was like, "This dude figured it out." You know what I mean? But it was like with that tone of kind of like struggling, struggling, would only see you a little bit. You know what I mean? And then suddenly, holy shit, really, really funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did I make it sufficiently weird? No, it's not weird because I've heard that people say, yeah, Hertz used to be the worst comic in Chicago. It's like, yeah, I was 21 (laughs) and I've been doing comedy for two years. Who was great then? Right. None of us were great. (laughs) Let's, Let's be very, very clear. I got heckled at that show and ate shit. You didn't eat shit and did well. You know what I mean? But for some reason... Our money wasn't on you. That's just wrong. <laughs> this should be inspiring. If somebody's out there being horrible, maybe that girl that Facebooked you, there's hope. No, there's no hope for her. <laughs> but somebody else. Somebody else with a better soul. <laughs> and with less anger in their heart. Well, I'm glad we're addressing this. Gaffigan, too, is one of those guys where it becomes folklore. Where yeah. it's like, you're right. We all suck when we begin. But for some reason... And I think there might be an underhanded or a backhanded compliment to it. Is it's like I heard you used to be terrible. We, we want some sort of frog into princess or prince story, and uh, you 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 seem to remember it because you were living it. Yeah, as just like yeah, I sucked when I started because everyone sucks when they start. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you know, I think I had a, I started in college, so I had and I would do these open mics in college in front of my my classmates, and so I started in a situation where I think I. I Early on, I thought I was better than I was just because I was getting laughs and doing talking yep. about college stuff. Yep. And the laughs, you know, the laughs are different. Like the volume of the laughs, you 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 respond. You like a set that you kill at when you a year in, you think, oh man, I crushed it. But if you watch video of it now, you're like, oh man, that was yeah. ugly. But you just hear it differently because right. you're brand new, and so any laughs is enough to 
make you think. You can't even hear those frequencies. Yeah. Yeah. When you watch someone really killing, you're like, whoa, those are tones and colors you don't see until you're 10 years (laughs) in. But that's really astute. That's really interesting because the kill feels different when you start. Now it would be considered a hard bomb. Yeah. A hard bomb. So uh, did I derail you? You were were going on about that? No. No? No. I don't want to derail you. No, I had to just make that. I was just talking about that. (laughs) Well, where was I going with that? Uh, well, I was, you started in Chicago. Oh, this is what you were talking about college. That's yeah. what I derailed. Was the idea that I, I started in college too, and I know mm-hmm. other people that started in college, and it's just disproportionate. Yeah. You're, you're a campus celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and they love you, and if you have five good minutes, they'll watch that a bunch and dude, love it. Dude, uh, I remember after my first set, somebody, uh, no, my second time on stage, I did a show opening, actually, uh, you know, Lil Rel. Who, where? The comedian Lil Rel from Chicago. No. He, him, Wildcat, and some other comedians did a show on our campus, and I opened up for that show. That was That's... my second show uh-huh. ever, and I did a set, and it went all right. And then I remember the next day, people walking up to me on campus repeating some stuff that I said. Yes. The second time I did comedy, which is not something yeah. that usually that won't happen for you in a New York or a Chicago. Right. Where you immediately get that kind of feel like what you, right. you said the thing i'm like what yeah yeah i did say that thing you got a little taste <laughs> yeah. of like what it would feel like to be famous yeah. on your campus <laughs> that happened to me once where i i wrote for the paper and i did improv shows and stuff and one time i was leaving i was a senior and i was in my jd salinger phase i was like a recluse i didn't leave my room i hated everything yeah and was depressed and then i was walking to i don't know get an apple or something and some kid went, oh, a rare Pete Holmes sighting. <laughs> he, said that, he said that whole phrase. And it was like, oh, that's fucking weird. But I also kind of enjoy the recognition of it. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. But you, then you get out on the outside and realize you're not that funny. Yeah. But you think you are. I thought I was. I would come, I would come back to Chicago. I remember I did some show with Lil Rel on the south side. And I remember getting the music cut on. Oh no! That happens at, at black clubs. They just cut the music on you. They don't. Really? They, they don't let you go long. <laughs> Wait, was it because you were going long or because you were? It bombing? was just because I was bombing. I, I hadn't been doing more than four or five minutes. They just oh. cut the music on you. Oh my! It's like, God. hey, uh, I had some had a couple other things I wanted to say. Something already terrifying and adding a new gimmick to it that yeah. could make it for the performer more terrifying <laughs> yeah. like at any moment they could cut the music off well sometimes like if you're bombing I haven't i've seen this happen where you're bombing and it's obviously a bomb the dj has started warming up but you're still up there so he's like pick it pick it <laughs> just scratching the record just scratch it start like warming up and then put the whole song in it. oh my god that is a new kind of pain yeah it's man so you're doing uh these shows well that was one of the one of the uh questions of course i don't know if you get this a lot but like you could have gone black circuit because mm-hmm. you're black I'm i black. guess i'm a black you're a black man. person For anybody <laughs> was wondering listening that don't that's never seen me i am hannibal burris a black man <laughs> that's the second album i'm <laughs> hannibal burris a black man uh you um could have well in the world of comedy yeah does it seem as clear-cut to me where i'm like there's th- this circuit and there's this circuit well you know what the circuit for me i would i did black rooms early on i, I this one show that i'll perform it was a poetry it was a whole black crowd. It was a poetry uh, open mic, and I would perform with no mic. 
and I would be all right. I would bomb sometimes. I'd be all right, but that was one of my first shows that I performed regularly at. And then I would try to perform at some of the black shows, and I would bomb sometimes and do all right some other times. But then uh, the city of Chicago took my they took my car because I had a lot of parking tickets, and so a lot of the black shows were on the south side, and the uh, the the white shows were on the north side, which is easier to get to from right. where I lived on the west side. It was easier to get. To really? crush or those spots that we yeah. used to do with Tippling Hill. It was easier to take two buses than it was to go to the south side from the west side. So that's how the transition happened. And now I do every now and then I try to do a I'll do a black show and I I do all right. I well, I, I was gonna say I bet you would kill now. Yeah, it's it's the incubating years that seem more terrifying in the, yeah. in the black circuit. If you're gonna kill, I talked to Bill Burr about this a little bit. If you're gonna kill. It's going to be fantastic for be uh, you know black people t- notoriously better laughers and yeah. they're not going to like hold it in they're not going to hold it in either way right. if they hate you or if they love you and not necessarily and uh, white people will hate you I don't know I'm painting painting with a pretty broad brush here but it's yeah but if you make a I, who am I paraphrasing I think it might be Bill Burr but he was like if you make a white guy laugh like a like a black audience yeah. like a comic view audience you must have done something like yeah. something crazy just happened yeah but on comic view you'll get there a little quicker but you also have those like bernie mac shows where he goes cut that shit off yeah, you know yeah. that set yeah i think about I that i ain't scared of you motherfuckers i ain't scared of you motherfuckers that's the best thing i've Just ever dancing. seen in my life dancing uh for those that don't know what we're talking about you should watch on youtube bernie mac goes out from, from what i understand everyone was eating shit oh uh, have you heard this, this story i didn't know the whole story backstory no apparently everyone's eating shit Bernie Mac comes out wearing like his his suit looks like a pack of fruit stripe gum. Yeah, and he he tells the crowd the first thing he says is, "I ain't scared of y'all motherfuckers." And he has them play music and he dances, tells a joke, tells them to play the music again and dances. <laughs> Within thirty seconds, they were in his hand. It was yeah. it was alchemy. It yeah. was unbelievable. And at the end, I mean, like, I feel, again, thinking too far ahead. I'm like, who followed that? <laughs> who went next? If it was me, I would have been like, cut that shit and try to do the same thing again. <laughs> I just would have been, like, dancing and trying and failing. I'm not afraid of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trepidatious around this audience. Hit that music. Boom, 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 boom. That's some. I, I love that you know that set. So it, geographically easier to do the white shows, black crowds, bigger laughers, also bigger, scarier in the sense that they will hate you. Cut music on, for example. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it, it's just it's just tougher. But it, and it, yeah, it's a, they will cut music. I've been carried off stage before. What? At a Apollo style open mic? No, Apollo style talent show in my college town. And I was in this this group called Oops Entertainment, and it was a guy, uh, I forget what the acronym meant, meant and uh, it was a guy that was in the same group with me. Like, we had done a play together, and he was the Sandman for this talent show. And uh, it's no microphone in a room where you definitely need to have a microphone, <laughs> especially if you're, not, if you're a new performer. So I'm getting some little laughs, and somebody heckled me. I didn't know how to handle it. And then uh, he starts walking towards the stage and his goofy Sandman gear. So people see that and then they start they start booing a little bit and they booing more and the boo reaches a peak. He walks up to the stage. So I'm thinking, you know, the Sandman usually dances people yeah. away. Yeah. He picked me up and put me on his shoulder. Oh my God. He carried me away. This is new ideas for my nightmares. <laughs> he picked me on his shoulder and put me carried me away. And I had somebody filming that show, so I'm looking into my own camera yelling, Stop 
stop the tape. <laughs> stop the tape. That is hilarious. Yeah. I remember one time I had my buddy film me rollerblading down yeah. a hill, which is a hilarious image, and I fell. And in, like, I, I got the wind knocked out of me, and in the middle of it, I was going, stop the tape. I bet we felt the same humiliation yeah, it and was pain. Awful. I was hurt, dude. Yeah. That was horrible. You took Being it. carried off the stage. Did you say anything to him? I, I still hate that dude. <laughs> I hope he's not in show business anymore. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a very, there's a very good chance that he's not. There's a very, very good chance he's not. The, ne- the next weird thing, I, I didn't listen. I'm happy that I didn't listen to your Marin, although I'm going to, yeah. because I don't want to cover the same things. Although, even we if have, I. We haven't? A little bit, but not really. Well, even if I tried, it would be a little bit different, I'd, I'd like to think. But when I did, I heard on YouTube that when you moved to New York, you were homeless for a little while. In 06. And the first thing I thought was, you could have stayed at my place. Yeah. I remember, I was like, why didn't you ask? I don't know. I mean, I asked. And then I was afraid people. of asking you this question. You were like, Pete, I did ask. <laughs> I did ask, man. I'm trying to remember who I... It was some people that I did ask during that time, and they were like, eh. You had to know 500 people. Not then. Not in 06. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I knew I guess a handful I had, of people. I had just gotten there myself. And I think in New York, it's tough, because space is at such a premium. And yeah. Places are so small. And I was married at the time. I don't, actually don't oh. think it's going to work and, out. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I could have just... Went, I could have just apologized to my sister and 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 went back there. That's the one thing uh, people were talking to me afterwards. Man, the struggle, man. You were homeless. And like, no, I was. I, I wasn't trying to like glamorize being homeless and right. saying that you had to do that. It was purely out of me being cocky and not want to apologize to my sister. So you, there's no way I, I had to do that. I could have just said, "Hey, listen, shit is fucked up. I'm staying here. Right. I apologize, but." I either go home to Chicago, but I would stay here until I go home. But if I told her I was staying on the train or I had no other she option, she, she would have had me back. Sure, sure, sure. But it was just me wanting to be like, I got to do this on my own. Right. Fuck that. And but it's really, really just goofy. But that stupidity is kind of, you know, it's drive adjacent. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like a very driven person. I remember when we were in Chicago, the thought of going to New York yeah. or the thought of going to L.A., but New York more. Yeah. Something about Gotham. You know what I mean? Just scary subways and tall, creepy buildings and all this. That's how I pictured it in my dreams and my yeah. nightmares. But you seemed you were going before we were. You would go and make trips. You you just kind of seemed unstoppable in that sense of like, that's where stand-up's happening. I'm going to go there. Yeah, I just love <clears throat> New York. Man. I remember going um, to visit my sister on a, uh, on a spring break or something, just doing a bunch of horrible open mics. On yeah. the, but being excited about it. Like, what? I'm 43rd on the list on this open mic. All right, I'll chill here for three hours. Great. <laughs> that is so fucking, that is something that we need to talk about more, is the idea that we used to just be grateful. To, if I was 43rd at the lines, then I would be like, great, I'm right. going to hang out. Go you mean sit I, in the back and just talk. Yeah, and hang out. And now, the, one of the risks we run, and we're not, I'm not saying I'm a big deal at all, but one of the risks we still run is like, you go in, you want to go up immediately, and you want to leave. It's yeah. like, fuck this. Like, just just at our level... But then there are the people like, you know, like uh, the big thing about Dane Cook. Did you see that? I at saw the, some stuff about at that. At the yeah. improv, bump people. And, and then like – and then I always make the counter argument that Daniel Tosh sometimes – I'm not even saying Dane's a shithead for doing that. I'm just saying we run the risk if you do that too much, if you bump people too much, if you're a prima donna or anything, people don't like it. And then Tosh like doesn't bump people as much. Like he'll wait to go on a little bit. 
but I, like I'm cool with you. I think it's all right to bump because you you earned that in, in comedy and you, right. you, you you. But just don't just do fifteen twenty if right. you're gonna bump. Just do the a set that right everybody else is doing. Right, and don't go do an hour and just change what the the show is. Right, completely yeah. fuck the whole show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Right, right, right. Didn't you have something with Chris Rock recently? Is that no? I didn't. I know Chris Rock said he likes you. Yeah, I remember reading that. And he went. That to, he came awesome. to my special. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what happened there? I heard he's starting to say it on stage, and I literally was like, I don't want to hear this, and because I, I wanted to talk about it fresh right now. Oh, uh, uh, the uh, it, he came to the special, and and, and uh, I was talking with him after the second. So I tell this story. How quick. nervous were you that fucking Chris Rock is it your thing? It was weird, man. Was this in New York when I texted you the picture of the marquee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was walking. That was such a great moment. I'm in New York, <laughs> and I see your name on a marquee, and I just took a picture of it yeah. and texted it to you. And I was like, "There's a fucking line of people waiting." <laughs> I was like, "Hannibal." I didn't put this, but I thought the subtext of yeah. the message was like. How the fuck did we get here, man? <laughs> fucking hell. Everyone's waiting. It's cold. Yeah. And your names and lights. And fucking Chris Rock is there. It, it you know was, how happy that makes me feel? It's amazing. It was awesome. But he was giving me advice. And so I'd already finished After? one show. Oh, he between. Seen, yeah, he hadn't seen the first show. He was like, okay, just always look. Make sure you're looking directly at the camera or looking towards the middle. Don't look to the side. It doesn't look good on camera. And he was giving really? Tips. <laughs> Wait, he's saying at a taping he should look into the lens? Like look, not into the lens, but just forward. Be always forward. looking forward at the punchlines. I don't know if he was exactly right or if it, I mean. I he, does, he does that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, afterwards... But what were you saying? You don't think he's necessarily right because you played around with it? You didn't necessarily. I mean, I did, uh, the second show I did it, but I don't know if that would have hurt if I looked around. You right. Because I mean? it's seven cameras or something. Right, so, right, right. Uh, but so he it, I mean, he's giving good advice about a lot of stuff. But after the set, so we're talking, and then my family comes downstairs, my parents, my um, aunt, <laughs> cousin, like a lot of people. And so they come downstairs and I'm thinking they're going to see me and go like, God, Hannibal, great job. You just did your hour special. Oh Congratulations. my God. They see Chris Rock. They go, holy shit, it's Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock. Get out of the way, Hannibal. We want to take a picture with Chris Rock. Oh, that is fantastic. And then he says, Hannibal, he reads the situation. He said, Hannibal, it's all right. Don't worry. My family always like Martin Lawrence more than they like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is fucking fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. It's weird. The the I think it's got to be weird for families. I, I one time my family will come and see me occasionally, yeah. very very rarely. If yeah. I'm doing a long set, and especially if it's like in my school where I have to be clean, yeah. my, my mom wants me to be clean. And uh, I, my I got off stage and I I did it like I was so nervous about the show and it went well. I got off stage and I think I'm I'm fucking showbiz Pete man and I'm yeah. I'm buttoning my shirt and I'm sweaty and I'm like, yeah, give me a bottle of water. Give me a goddamn beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feeling really great. And yeah. I'm like, I can't wait. This is the moment. My family is going to say, and my brother just said, 99% recycled material. <laughs> That's all he said, meaning he had heard it all before. Oh, man. And I was just like, I, I think we've made, made that up. Like he <laughs> apologized or whatever, but I was like, it's so weird in that moment. In that, yeah, yeah. All you want is someone to just tell you that they enjoyed it. Like, you know the crowd enjoyed it, but did your family enjoy it? Did your mom like it? Was your confused grandmother there? Nah, she wasn't there. Fat, I don't think she. Fatty. She's heckling you. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's fantastic. I, I love that story so so much. Did, um, were you? This is the other weird thing. Were you fired from SNL? I feel like uh, I'm on Stern now. <laughs> hey, man, get real. 
You ever have? I, I don't know. I didn't have an offer. I got. I mean, I got an offer. That's from, how they. Is yeah. that how they do it? Yeah, I didn't. I got an offer for Thirty Rock before I got. I heard. From and those SNL. shows are in bed together. Yeah, that has so, to be. Yeah, so they have to say, "Hey, is that's got to be a crazy person." <laughs> <laughs> he's not a crazy person. So oh, he's, clearly, a low, he's a low-level crazy person. <laughs> yeah, crazy adjacent, like us both. So, you know, if they're both Lauren Michaels sorts yeah. of things, clearly they love you. Yeah, it's a movement. But so that makes me even more comfortable to ask you if SNL just wasn't a fit. You know what? I think it, it was... I came in there with no sketch writing experience. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because I watched your Fallon, yeah. and it was fucking perfect. Thank you. Fucking perfect Fallon. One of those sets. You and Mulaney both had these amazing Fallons. That I was just Mulaney's like, Fallon's good. Yeah. The Suggins Gang? Yeah. I'll talk about his most recent one. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, he did a really good one. Yeah, I fucking... I, lo- I, love, I love that show. Yeah. And I love that uh, people, people do it and do these amazing sets. And, and you did this amazing set. And then I'll tell you my version of the story, and then you can correct me, yeah. is that it got to Seth Meyers. Then it got to Lauren, and based on the set, on this Fallon set, mm-hmm. done at 30 Rock, that's where they tape it, yeah. they, they wanted you to write for the show. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that true? Yeah, it's true. You made it weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, when that happened, here's making it weird. I knew, I knew a lot of UCB people that were, like, very frustrated by that. Yeah. Because you got to – look – this isn't me attacking you. I just Not. know these sketch nerds that grill out a fresh fucking packet <laughs> and sweat, and they're just like constantly thinking of commercial parodies and just doing backflip, bending over backwards rather, to get on SNL. And you are a masterful comedian, and, and it's so clear in your writing as a stand-up that you can write. Yeah. And then they, took, they almost kind of took a chance. Right. And these, these guys were flipping out. Of course they were. <laughs> <laughs> if I was them, I'd be what, what is that too? But right, you know what? I didn't do it. I just did my stand up. God, you? Hannibal, that's the other. <laughs> that was one of my other weird things. Is I one time was talking to a friend of ours over at some network, and I was like, "Oh, you met with Hannibal? How was that?" And he was like, "It was great, man." But he is unlike other performers. And they'll say, what do you want to do, Hannibal? Like, they're giving you some Perrier or something. Yeah. Like, what's up, man? What, what's the plan? And you're like, I want to do stand-up, man. I'm, I'm focusing on my act. I'm trying to get my hour. Yeah. I want to do stand-up. They're like, that's great. But, like, what else do you think? And you're like, I just want to be a fucking fantastic stand-up. <laughs> You've kind of always embraced this idea. And yeah. it's fucking working that being a fantastic stand-up is paramount. That's the first thing. And it got you this job. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would say that you deserve it because here you are fucking killing it. In a way that that shows that you can give your complete attention and focus to comedy and serve it in other other mediums. Yeah. Then what? Then what happened? I like you know at the job, I was brand new there, and it's uh, it's it's you have to collaborate with people, and it was it's just a. Uh, you share an office with someone. I shared an office with Ryan Perez. He's a uh, funny or die guy. Really oh, I think I know Ryan. Is he still there? No, he's not still there. I think who? How many people from that new? Because it was a writing group. I think it was six new writers. I think maybe two of that group are still there. Oh, um, really? Four yeah. of them are gone. Four of them are gone. They get new writers every year, and it's so. Really, a, I didn't know they had. Such I think a it's turnaround. a high turnover with the first year writers, but if you make it to a second year, then you're right. pretty good. Right. Well, that's why you know I don't want to talk too much about Mulaney, but it was that big thing, you know, to be there another year. You yeah. Know? I know Letterman is the same way. Yeah. If if you can get Letterman for more than a year, you're doing something good because yeah. they love to keep it fresh. Uh, but it was I got <laughs> one sketch on on the Charles Barkley show, uh, and. It, it was times where I got, had stuff that was close to getting on and I contributed to other people's 
sketches. I definitely enjoyed the experience as it being my my first job and, and learning from all those people, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, but I, I did want to be on camera. I, I mean, was just going to ask, did you want to be on camera? Yeah, when you yeah. Trying to position yourself. I was yourself? talking to people. They say you got to try to get on camera, man. And so I, I pitched something because they would have writers on the weekend update. So I pitched. Uh, to Seth, I said, "Hey man, I want to try to pitch something for a weekend update." Were you going to do a bit like a stand up? I did like yeah, I did pickle juice, but as something as like an eco- economic way, like how to say, "Oh money, yeah, yeah," you need to do this, and, and so I did pickle juice and something else, like the rental car bit that I do, and uh, and so I did it in read through it crushed, and then I did it in dress rehearsal, and it did well, but then it got cut from the show. Shut up! Yeah, no, and they, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, we'll do it in a couple of weeks," and then we just never did it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, ever t- I, I don't think I've ever told you this. I have a recurring nightmare that I'm doing the curtain call at SNL. Yeah. Like that I come out at the end of the show. Like that's how ingrained <laughs> it is in our psyche that, that SNL is just this like, I always look at it as like Harvard. You know what I mean? It's like, it's this place. It's this breeding ground. And there you were on the set at the, on the set. And doing they had the ta- do, table read with an audience. Doing the table read with everybody and then did the actual dress rehearsal. Uh, that's what I mean. The, tr- the dress, dress rehearsal, rehearsal you, with an you basically did the show. I did the show. You know what it's like to be backstage. You're in makeup. I'm on, I'm at, I was at the desk with Seth. You went to the desk with Seth. The cameras are there. They're, yeah. they're, do, they roll on that. Yeah. They have this. Yeah, they have this. This exists. This exists. You and did you know, the bit. And you know what else you do? This is how they had me do it. Uh, another writer had a good idea because you know if i just go out there for this bit people are like who the hell is this so they said before the show you should do some stand-up as warm-up brilliant so when you come out there yeah the audience know who you are Instead yeah of me just coming out they're like one of our writers man. right yeah. right so right, right. Like, so i did stand i did a set of stand-up in the studio it would be so funny if you did pickle juice it's like <laughs> what the fuck why did you step on your own bed right there why did we said do stand-up now we got to cut it but even still, it was still exciting, man. It was, it, it well, that's a dream fun. come true, yeah. yeah. But does, that must fuck with your subconscious. Is that what you're thinking? That goes back to the first topic. When you're standing there quietly, you're thinking about like, man, that should have gone to air. Not even that. <laughs> it's just times. I, I wish. I think there's more that I could have done there as far as just trying to get better. I don't think as a new writer that I did everything I could do to be great. Yeah. There, especially as somebody that's totally new to the format. Right. I didn't do. <clears throat> every single thing like as far as asking questions learning or just doing everything like i should have been hungrier there interesting uh and that's one thing i look back i'm saying i could have probably if i really did something i could could have knocked it out there even if i was only there for that year i could have just done right more i feel like it's hard to manufacture that hunger though i would i mean i had points where i I, some weeks where i would work on three or four sketches but it was some weeks i'd be down i just only work on one thing and it would take me I would finish it at 5 in the morning because I would procrastinate so much right uh, yeah what does procrastinating look like at SNL it's just going around to other people's offices and talking <laughs> hey hey what's up it's <laughs> ordering food ordering delivery yeah watching TV being on the internet yeah uh, just sitting <laughs> so basically there, like other sleeping. jobs yeah 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 we had a couch in our office I crashed in our office a lot yeah yeah. I a couch is a dangerous thing in a work zone yeah it really is <laughs> oh man there was one time this is crazy dude there was one time cause I just broke up with my girl so I, I was in, like looking for a place so it, it was a few nights in a row that 3 I 3am uh, the 3am girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I slept at the I was sleeping at the office and so I slept on a Wednesday night and we had uh, on Thursday we had uh, rewrites at 
I want to say, let's say noon. And so I slept in the office and I woke up at 1220. Oh my God. So I was late to work while I was at work. (laughs) 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 Was Was it harder to really go all in there because you had other things going? No, I mean I was only doing stand up locally. I mean I would travel on the on the on the break weeks, but it was just it was, sometimes it was tough, and it and it's and it's tough to keep on. It, I think writing there was really tough because you're not at least for me because I was so new I couldn't just write and write how I do with my stand up. I'm writing my because you're writing for people there and you're writing for a boss, so you're writing at your computer. Okay, what would they think of this? Would this work? Right. I couldn't just flow with my writing. Right. Just every line, would they like this? Would they like this? Right. Just and typing. you're thinking of the actor, right? Yeah, you have thinking to of the actor, just thinking. It's better to write with people, but yeah, when you just, it's just, you're just overthinking your writing the whole right. time. Which I'm, I'm sure with time and experience, you're just able to flow and just, and just crank out stuff. But for me, as a new writer, just wanting to get something on. And at this show, you know, it's my first, this is my first real job. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm just, oh. You're trying to crack a safe. Yeah. You're not really. What would they think? Right. And so it would be tough for me to write. And you you went from stand-up, which is, you know, this is why we get so addicted to it and why we love it so much, is that you can answer to no one. Yeah. Kick a pigeon. Yeah. (laughs) Give that to, not, not just Lauren Michaels, but give that to a boss. Yeah. Let take Lauren out of it. I'm yeah. just saying, give it to a boss. I'm, yeah. af- I'm afraid of Lauren Michael. <laughs> give it to a boss, and he looks at it, anybody, and they'd just be like, I don't understand. Or I could totally see them not understanding. Or I'll, I'll keep it on myself. Yeah. This, is, this is a bit where I yell, Pierce, get beers. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of my office. You know what I mean? That's, what, that's the correct response to that. You know yeah. what I mean? Until... You are Adam Sandler at that yeah. show, and you're like, I wrote a song called Red Hooded Sweatshirt, and yeah. I'm going to sing a love song to my red hooded sweatshirt. Then they're like, that's great. Do that. But when you're right there at the beginning, you're used to getting into the zone creatively where you can mm-hmm. do anything, yeah. and now you're like, i got to write a commercial parody, yeah. and it's got to star uh, Bill Hader, and you know what I mean? And yeah. w- What do I do? I, I, that sounds weird, but you weren't good at collaborating? or you didn't I, I mean, like it? It was a couple times I would collaborate with people. Sometimes this is how it would work. Uh, on Mondays, we would do the pitch meeting in Lauren Michaels' office with, with the, the host of that week, right? the cast, and the writers. Do you have a Lauren impression, or are you the first person to work there that doesn't... Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal, you good. Uh, uh, I don't know. No, I don't. I mean, I just feel like... I, I don't know. That was just me trying to serve, serve Hannibal, the podcast. Hannibal, please get in. Hannibal. Hannibal. Um, we're you all have just... an interesting voice. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have we'll one. We'll find... We, we're, okay. Yeah. And again, my fear comes in. I'm like, ah, go, okay, go on. So uh, Monday is the pitch meeting in Lauren's the office. pitch meeting where I would... It's, it, I would treat it like a short stand-up set. I would kill every pitch meeting. No, really? Just about... I would go in. I would pitch an idea whether real or fake... And it would just, people would just be dying. And after the second show. That is a huge thrill. You're in Lauren's office. You're I mean, with Lauren, the crew. You're with the, I mean, the cast. Yeah. And so I would get, because uh, at first I you're would with sit the down. You're with the host. The host is in there. I mean. Who's know. one of the biggest hosts? You, you fucking killed in front of Beyonce? Steve, no, not Beyonce. Steve Martin? Alec Baldwin? Uh, Steve Martin. I'm trying to think of Baldwin, if I did well in Baldwin. Megan Fox. I made Megan Fox laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, January Jones was like, I like your cadence. She said That's something were, like he, that. Oh, my God. I like but, the way you talk. Uh, and so, but it was funny because the first two episodes, I was, I was sitting down, but then the 
third episode, I was like, okay, I'm I'm a stand up and I'm pitching this idea. So I should stand up. This part, I always stood up like right next to the door while I'm facing out to the room. Mm-hmm. And I would just do my pitch and it would kill every time. Sometimes it would be a solid idea. Sometimes it would just be me making something flimsy sound funny. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like something that probably couldn't work as a sketch. Well, you read the room. Yeah. That's what you do as a stand-up is you're like, you know what would really kill in this room is yeah. a bad idea pitched with fervor. Yeah. So you would do whatever it took to make that room laugh. Yeah. But as a writer, you were trying to learn how to read the room being a boss and a yeah. television audience. Yeah. And so I would pitch these ideas and some of them would be solid and I would write them. Some of them would be crazy and I would write something else. And then after pitch meeting, people hear each other's ideas and say, okay, let's work on this. So let's meet up at three o'clock on Tuesday. Okay, I can't do three. Let's do five. Or we'll meet at midnight. And then, so you got to like kind of make appointments with people to write. Like, hey, Interesting. Hey, uh, Will, you want to write something at seven? Oh, no, I'm writing something with Fred at seven. So I can't, maybe we can do it right after I'm done with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. So you got to set appointments. And sometimes people, it'll be tough to work with because people are like, I don't know. I mean, they would. Well, you're going to have to scoop, scoop up uh, Kristen Wiig. I'm, I'm yeah. imagining it's hard to yeah, nail so, down. I Kristen. mean, Kristen would be down to write, but she's like, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. And then, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's tough to lock down Kristen and other people. And then also, if once you eight episodes in and people are like, Hannibal doesn't get shit on. What am I right with Hannibal for? Oh, <laughs> like, they wouldn't say yeah, that. No, no, no. But, but people, but, but people would come to my office all the time. Like cast members would come to my office looking for other writers. Like, hey, oh. <laughs> they were like, hey, uh, where's Mulaney? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they be like, you seen Mulaney? I want him to look at something. That's so funny. I be like, funny. yo, I, I'll look at it. Like, no, look at Mulaney. Oh. <laughs> that, I think that is so funny. I felt that way too. Sometimes my phone will light up and it'll be like an agency or something and I'll answer and we'll make small talk for 10 minutes and I'll be like, do you have TJ's number? <laughs> and I'm like, just shoot me straight. <laughs> you know, first of all, fuck you. But second, you can just text me what's TJ's number. <laughs> I won't be offended. <laughs> so you get the small talk. Oh, hey, Hannibal. Uh, yeah, you see they got a, got like a veggie plate out there. <laughs> I don't know. Is Melania? Fucking <laughs> 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 weird. And then you- I, I was in awe of Melania at that show, man. It would be crazy. It would be, I mean, be some episodes he'd have six things on the show yeah. that he had his name on. Yeah. Man, holy shit. That's crazy. He's the he's the fucking best. He see, see that's see with you, with Mulaney, I want him to do the show. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends. Yeah. But I'm like he comes to LA and I'm like, we could either have dinner or we could have a show. Because I'll only like really get one good crack yeah. at him because he'll be busy out here. And then I'm like, that's kind of goes back to why I didn't ask. But like I, I I'm in awe of that dude too. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird how many times how many how few of our friends will just be kind of like everybody can disagree and be like, What the fuck are you up to? <laughs> I don't understand. You work at SNL but you have a new hour? <laughs> what, the, what is going on here? Like you want to just study him. Yeah. I don't get it. But yeah, everybody just focus on their own shit. And then you you swung from there, so you didn't get renewed. Didn't get renewed. Didn't no. get called in. Didn't get called. There wasn't in. like a. There wasn't a review or anything. It's it was just not like, working. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren came by and went. Um, there's a veggie plate Bye-bye. out there. Um, where's Mulaney? <laughs> also, <laughs> also you're fired. <laughs> and then just moon walks away. Yeah. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. So you're agent probably. Your agent said you're not being renewed. They, I mean, they shielded me. They were just like, yeah, we haven't heard anything yet. But right. then I I, uh, I met with uh, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock at 30 Rock. Yes. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Yeah, so even if I was fired, it was a way better look 
it looks like I made the move. So yeah. like how it was, it was funny because I would see how it was reported. It was like Hannibal left SNL. For yes. 30 <laughs> so it's a good look. Cause that was the one thing. It just looks good to go from a job to a job instead of a job to just nothing. You know, nothing. And from a prestigious job to a prestigious job. Yeah. And 30 Rock was uh, a lot more fun because it was everybody in the room pitching jokes. Yes. And that, that was my strong point, just being able to pitch jokes. Right. And I learned structure, and I think it helped my stand-up a lot. Right. That's how I am in the Red Room, too, where it's just like I love I, – like I don't I, – I don't I want to sound verbose or anything, but it's like I re, I don't need to read the script necessarily. Yeah. Like if you want to bring me in on a movie and I don't have time to read it, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Guys like us that like jokes, yeah. what, what, what the fuck – how weird could the situation be? They're at lunch. <laughs> I got it. They're dating. I got it. She cheated on him. Got it. This joke, fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of like mechanical and fun. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. And the stand-up in a writer's room always benefits because he's used to pitching. He's yeah. used to speaking out loud in front of people. He's used to doing voices and going with it and rolling with it. So that seems like a good fit for you. Yeah, they were definitely perfectionists. There have been times where we pitched for an hour on one joke. Really? Just one joke. Oh, wow. <laughs> I understand that Tina has a really good memory. Like, she'll remember who got it. And in her book, she gives people shout-out to be like, they got this joke, yeah. this line. I can't believe they nailed it. We, but that that can be fun. So you went from a show about – you went from SNL to a show about, about SNL. SNL. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, so did that end, too? I don't – I'm sorry I'm not up on that. Yeah, I left there in uh, March. Okay, and now to focus on stand-up. To focus on stand-up See, and man, try to write you, my own show, yeah. I'm so happy that we're there because you, Jesselnick, there are a number of people – not to say that writing for television is bad, but like you, you start to feel that burning and you're like, I got to get out there and perform. You want to yeah. be doing your stand-up. You want to be getting that next hour, yeah. an hour special, your own show. Right. That's really admirable, man. Oh, that's the other fucking thing I always reference is that you turned down your half hour the first time they offered it to you. Yeah. Fucking badass. <laughs> if I did that, I'd put that on a t-shirt. I'd walk around and be like, yeah, Comedy Central wanted me to do my half hour. I said, relax. <laughs> Fucking I'll tell you when I'm ready to do it. Yeah, I could do it now. I could do two now. I'm going to do it later. Yeah. Strategic. <laughs> Admirable. That's how to make it weird is to make you really – is to praise you, man, because that's fucking badass. Mulaney, too. Yeah, it was just I, – because I, I, it wasn't it wasn't just blatant a turn down. It was just because I had done a lot of stuff on Comedy Central already that I felt like – was comparable to the to the to the pool at an hour. Like I did the mashup thing, right, 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 with TJ and Kumail and uh, Kanane and Bronga, and uh, yeah, did the uh, yeah did mashup. John Oliver I did John Oliver two episodes of that. Did awkward oh, comedy right. awkward comedy show. Wait, you did two episodes in the same season. Yeah, I did them a year apart, yeah. and I remember we talked about that when we were taping, yeah. and you were like. Man, I should have told him just to do one. <laughs> I, I don't know why I told him two. They ended up being fantastic, yeah. but you were like, I, I, "Such a funny feeling in a performer's life yeah. is they all they asked us each if we would do two sets, yeah. two short sets. Every comedian would rather do one long set. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's so much easier. You don't have to open and close. You yeah. know what I mean? You can just do one opener, one closer, and everything in the middle. And like somehow, I think it's my manager or something. Somebody did something good. And made it so that we would do one set. And a yeah. couple other people did that. And then we get there, and you're like, what? <laughs> you're only doing one set, and I'm doing this too? And you're like, fuck. You made it happen. But now I understand why you would be like, I can't be doing a half hour. I just did yeah. 30 minutes. Excuse yeah, me. so it was just more. And then, I mean, 
passing on a half hour that just gives me time to it gave me time to just grow still yes I, I think about getting my half hour the year I wanted it yeah. versus the year I did get it and I'm like that bit didn't exist like the bit that I feel like made me get my half hour didn't exist and the bit that helped identify who I was you know these bits that kind of identify our perspective mm-hmm. didn't exist I've yeah. said this before. I was like, Comedy Central knew what they were doing when they said no the first time I submitted and yes the second yeah. time. That sounded arrogant the second time. But I just mean they knew it was right to wait a year. And I'm glad they made me wait a year because that special, I wouldn't have wanted to see that. Yeah. You, actually, with my special, just my hour that I just did, part of me wanted to be like, hey, guys, let's do it in March or something. <laughs> wait, do it again? No, let's just do it in March. Oh, like it, buy more time. After the date was set, I was thinking, oh, man, I, I, I could use it. Can, it could always be better. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy with how it came out, but it can always yeah. be better and tuned up more. But. Well, you know that feeling. I, I, I'm excited that I found something that I've never talked about on the show where you think about, I repeat myself a lot, when you think about a bit and then maybe you write it, yeah, and suddenly you're just like so excited that it it exists, yeah. that it's been manifested, and then I'll get this like, oh my god, like don't die, yeah, I gotta perform this bit, <laughs> it, it be, and I don't mean that in a morbid or, or or like a sad way. It's more like, oh my god, I can't wait to do this. This yeah, is gonna yeah. be fantastic. When I did that starting out, I was often wrong. I still had the feeling. Yeah. Now now you do it, and you'll more likely be right that it might work, and, and yeah. it's exciting. No, eh. but you have to abandon it. Like when you do your hour, you're like, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a it's a snapshot of that time in my career. And then the next day, the, the tragedy is you might write some fantastic bit and it, it's not on your hour. Yeah. It'll have to be on the next thing. Yeah, it's like that. It, that's how it goes. That's but it is exciting. I'll take, I'll do shows just because I'm excited to I'm do a new bit. <laughs> I'm excited to do a bit. Like uh, somebody emailed me about a show, a small show. And I'm thinking, man, do I want to do that show? Well, yeah, I do want to do the bit about penguin meat, so... Ah, uh, you have a bit about penguin meat? <laughs> yeah. Really? It's not there yet, though. <laughs> it gets some chuckles. Oh it's not all the God. way there yet. That's one of my favorite things to say when a, when a new bit bombs. I'll just look at the crowd and go, there's something there. You know what I mean? Like, Because you don't sell yourself out. Yeah. You're still kind of like, it'll be there. It's still confident, but you acknowledge that it didn't do it today. Yeah. It's not there today. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, about religion because I know you have one of my you you have some very very funny lines in your act about religion. Yeah, like the uh, the taco thing, uh, burritos, the burritos, and Jesus. Things, burritos and Jesus. Do you yeah. ever get any shit for that? My mom actually was well, first. Let's tell people what the bit is. The bit I, I say uh, my neighborhood is changing. This place that was a Mexican restaurant is now a small church, which is very upsetting to me because <laughs> I like burritos more than I like Jesus. Because steak burritos are delicious, and they're real. (laughs) (laughs) And your mom? Your mom didn't like it? My mom called me. Religious? Yeah, she's religious. She called me after it aired on TV and said, Hannibal, if you feel that way about Jesus, you don't need to be on TV. She wasn't angry. Right, right, right. That's actually not a bad response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like, girl, you're going to burn. I hate you. No, it wasn't that. No, she would never say that. She was just kind of saying earnestly, like, why share that perspective? <laughs> you might tear someone away from Jesus. Yeah. 
because you might send them down a path of being like, well, burritos are realer or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and then abandon their belief, which was giving them comfort or whatever. <laughs> Am I reading into that wrong, or do you think that's what you were I saying? Mean, I mean, th- I guess that's one extreme way of looking <laughs> at it. I, if somebody is able to <laughs> will leave religion because of, of a, a bit, of a bit, yes, then, you know what? Let them do it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not religious at all. Um, not religious, or so atheism we've covered on the show is pretty big. Is pretty religious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's a, it, not religious, but it's kind of like definitive. It's it's like I I have a belief. Yeah, I believe there is no god. That is my belief. Like, yeah. I, and it's backed by science, and I understand that they you know certain elements of it are backed by science. But uh, wow, I, I'm really opening my own. Like I can't sum up atheism. So if anybody's getting upset that I can't sum it up, I'm sorry. I can't sum it up. I can't sum it up. <laughs> but it, 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 it's uh, what it is. Is it's uh, decisive. You know yeah. what I mean? Are you? Do you have a strong opinion about it? It's just that I don't. I don't think that there's anything up there or <laughs> over there, whatever the directional situation is. <laughs> up there, over there, down there. I don't think that there's. You think it's just here? I think it's just here. Just what's happening? Yeah. No spiritual curiosities. No. How how easily are into like if if we told a ghost story or, or talked about a psychic or or some afterlife experience or near death experience I suppose they're called or or you know intuition. Katie and I were in the car the other day and I was like I can't believe there aren't more accidents and she was like I know it's crazy we should be crashing into each other all the time and I was like I know look at all these cars we should be and then psh, like one happened right there oh wow like right in front of us and I was like the fuck. I kind of felt like it was our fault. Like we should fill out like a psychic police report and be like, well, you know, we didn't really do anything wrong, but we did summon the energy with our discussion. Now, it's in our nature to look for patterns. That's what the human brain does. Yeah. It takes that and it, we can apply meaning to that or cannot. Do you find yourself applying meaning? To certain situations, I guess I guess I believe in, in karma somehow or, or trying to good. I just believe in just be a be a good person and don't be horrible <laughs> and i don't need religion as a compass for that right i can just do it on my own like i can say oh man this is shitty or if i'm doing something shitty i realize that it's shitty i'm like god thinks i'm shitty like no i think what i did yeah. was shitty well well <laughs> well i think what i did is good you don't need the promise of heaven or the fear of hell yeah, it's just the promise of my own i i, I deal with it on my own or, yeah you know you can ask your friends, like, hey, am I being horrible about this? <laughs> am I being... Oh, no, no, that was cool what you did. Right. Like, so, like it's... I right. Don't, I don't need that. It's, I don't do it for anything else besides just a whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, don't, I don't need... I'm going to heaven. Like, it's right, just, right, right. I'd rather just feel good about something. You're here now. Yeah. I find it funny that comedically, you're very outside the moment, and morally, you're incredibly in the moment. You're yeah. like, that is wrong. That's it. Yeah. We're done. But then you might write a bit about it for 15 minutes while <laughs> it happened 15 minutes ago. You're yeah. still thinking about it. That's really interesting. But I like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't like depress you, the thought that we die and it's over? or um, It doesn't depress me. It just makes I – mean, you just wonder how you'll be remembered and will <laughs> – <laughs> Will people listen to my shit when I'm gone? I'm, and- glad, I'm glad you're saying that because I, I expose myself many, many times. I, I think about the, in, in that vein, I mean, I, I feel like the old-timey sculptors like Michelangelo and all that stuff wanted to have permanence. I was just today thinking about how artists, after they die, become so, such a bigger commodity. Yeah. 
And now you're not consciously around to see that. Yeah. But while we are consciously around, we can be aware that when you die, I don't even like saying that. Yeah. But when a performer dies, mm-hmm. not you, Hannibal, when a performer dies, um, their work will be appreciated even more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we can feel that. I, I'll put it on me. I put it on an album. I die. People probably want to listen to that album even more. And now, right now, that kind of makes me glad. (laughs) I'm not too worried about me being dead and appreciating that. But right now, I kind of like that idea. I get even deeper into it. Like I think about, man, when I die, and maybe it's whatever, 67 years from now, when people listen to my album, (laughs) would that Lil Wayne reference hold up? You want to make sure it's evergreen. <laughs> Keep it evergreen. <laughs> Fucking hey, man. That's fantastic. This was perfect. That feels like a great lap to end on. Are you good? I'm good, man. Oh, that's Marin's thing. Are uh, we good? Are we good? <laughs> I just Are we my... weird? <laughs> Man, you fucking kill me. You're one of the funniest guys I know. I'm so glad you wanted to do this show. You can say keep it crispy. We're aware that's stupid. We're the corporation of You Made It Weird. But if you want to. Hey, keep it crispy. The fucking coolest keep it crispy we've ever had. That's it. Everyone from this moment on will be less cool than that. Even threw in the hay, the little handle. Hey, what's he going to keep it crispy? Jesus Christ, that was cool. Fucking hey, Hannibal. Thank, Thank you, you so Pete, much, man. This is fun. Yeah, dude. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 